All right. Well, happy weekend, everybody. Hope that you are doing well. This weekend, we are uh, continuing in our series called The Stuff of the Heart. You know, and you know, I really found that as you dig into God's Word, you find that you know, the heart is really thematic you know, throughout God's Word. And what it means is that He is intent on it. He's focused on it. Right? He knows that our heart of, is of great value and it is of great importance. And so we've been talking about how to deal with the stuff of the heart. And, uh, you know, during these down times, it kind of seems like this would be the best time to deal with heart stuff. A lot of us can be busy in life uh, so, so much that we kind of leave our hearts behind. And so even I have been uh, trying to do some heart work during this time. You know, it's something that we can easily leave behind, but it's important because God sees it as such value and, and, and wants us to see it as, as a high priority. So we've been talking about the importance of allowing God to lead your heart. That was the first one we talked about, which means that we have a, a tendency to go our own way, to be stubborn towards God, to kind of pull our own direction. And then uh, we also talked about the importance of desiring a pure heart. You know, hearts have a tendency to, to, to go towards being wicked or evil or even sick. And God says that we can desire what is pure, and we can be washed uh, and, and be made clean. And then we also talked about last week that we need to allow God to restore our broken hearts, because each one of us have experienced a damaged heart, something we've gone through, a relationship, uh, whether it be uh, a romantic one or uh, when it was employment or uh, a friendship, um, you know, something in our life that has come, uh, caused some brokenness in each one of us. But God's heart is for restoration. See, if you look at it, God has this theme, this desire that he wants to see our hearts be made well. He wants our hearts to become clean. He wants our hearts to be healthy. And so today we're going to talk about the importance of uh, our hearts being guarded. And of course, we do this heart work. Is it important for, for it to be guarded? Like if there's something that has that you've done a lot of work on, you, you, it's really, you have a lot of uh, pride in it. Let it be protected. You don't want to be damaged or ruined again, right? And so it's important, there's important work that we need to do to, to, to create some protection, have some, uh, a guard put over it. And God says that to us to guard your heart and allow him to provide some guarding in our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything that we do, everything we say, every action that we have, uh, it all flows from our heart. And so what does he say at the beginning of this verse? Above all else. You know what that means? God's saying, this is important. This is critical. This is of the highest priority to guard our heart. Above all else, guard your heart because everything you do will flow from your heart. It tells us that our hearts are like well springs. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Watch over your heart, uh, from out of your heart flows the springs of life. You know what that's saying is that life-giving action, things that we do to help build others up and help them build community, uh, come from the, the overflow of our heart. And so it's important to watch over it, right? Because whatever we do could either become either uh, good or negative. It could become healthy or it could become toxic. It just depends on the condition of our heart and how we're guarding it or whether we are guarding it or not. And God's Word teaches us this. Check this out. He talks about what flows out of. And what does that make you think of when it talks about flowing out of? What do you think of? Water, right? And so I believe that God is helping us realize that when we understand 
the value of water, we understand the value of our hearts. So check this out. If I told you that I was going to buy you a big house, like you can design it, you know, you have a, a mansion, you know, you just you can just let your mind just explode with all the different functions and features of this house, okay? And then with that, you could uh, you could have any type of car you want. You can have several cars. It doesn't matter. Just continue to allow your man to you know, your mind to just to grow with the, the, this like perfect house, this perfect estate. Okay, so you got it in your mind. You're thinking of it. You're imagining. Maybe you've already thought of this before. But what if I told you that the one thing that you couldn't have, one thing that uh, that that you that was not accessible in this house was water. You couldn't get in, you couldn't get water. There's no running water. You couldn't access water. How long would you stay in that house? How long would you stay there? Probably like a day you'd feel okay. Then like the second day you're starting to feel really uncomfortable, right? Why? Because we need water. By about day three or four, by a week, you're definitely famished and you might not, not even make it after that, right? Yeah, you see, what the Lord is saying, and I use this illustration because we can talk about all these wonderful and great things, but without water, none of them even matter. You know, and the same is true of when it comes to the value of our hearts, that out of our hearts are the what, what flows uh, um uh, what was life-giving in this world around us. That's how important our hearts are. It's access in the same way that we have access to water. It's access to what is good and, 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 and the value. So in, in another example, if I was to tell you, if you're going through this desert where it, it's parched land, parched thirsty land, you're walking through and you're just, of course, thirsty, right? You've run out of your canteen or whatever, and you see some green off in the distance, some trees and some shrubbery, what does that tell you? Tells you there's, there's water there, right? Because if there was no water there, then there wouldn't be trees. If there was no water there, there would be no green. Yeah, in the same way, what God is saying of us when it comes to our heart is that out of our heart comes life. Out of our hearts comes what well, either comes life or it, be, it comes death. Out of our heart comes what's healthy and good or uh, toxic and negative. You see, our hearts can be called the wellspring of life. You see, drinking water, that's why drinking water has to be prote protected during biblical times. If there ever was a well, let me tell you something, it was protected. Why? Because that, if they didn't have access to that well, their, their animals wouldn't make it, their trees wouldn't make it, their people wouldn't make it. And so they would actually protect these, these wells like, like crazy. In fact, there were conflicts and wars that would happen over these wells. Why? Because if without it, they couldn't make it. You know, see, if your heart was like a well, the question then is what will flow from it? What would people get from it? You know, if, if a wells really have one job, right? Wells have one job. It's to hold water. And hopefully, it's going to be water that's drinkable. And so I got to ask us that question. If your heart was like a well, does it bring life or does it bring death? Does it bring something that's good? Does it bring something that's toxic? Is it healthy or is it sickening? Now, of course, each one of us would want to say that out of the well of my heart, it's life-giving, it's good, it's healthy. But if it is, if that is true, something that's critical is that you need to make sure it's guarded. Because if it's not, then all the wrong stuff 
find its way in. And I'm just telling you this, if you don't have water that's protected, eventually the stuff that shouldn't be in there just kind of finds its way in there. You see, the result, the resultant outcomes of a guarded heart. What would happen? Number one is this. A guarded heart is a righteous one. A guarded heart is a righteous one. Luke 6.45 says this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Basically, if you're a good person, then good things will come out of your heart. If you're an evil person... Evil things will come out of your heart. So it just really depends on what's going on on the inside of your heart that determines whether you're a good or evil person. So what you say flows from uh, what is in your heart. We said that before. Whatever we have said, whatever actions we have, whatever we do, whatever we build, whatever we create, will come out of our heart. So here's here's what this this point uh, tells us, teaches us, is that an unprotected heart means a toxic and contaminated and hurtful and not helpful heart. See, what gets into the water is critical. What gets into the, to the source of the water will eventually come into people's cup or come into people's life. You see, if it remains pure, if it remains un, uh, adulterated, uh, or the, the question is, will it become toxic? Will those elements get in there? Matthew 15, 19 says this, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false uh, testimony, slander, but it also could be the source of all kinds of life. Galatians 5, 23 says this, that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So basically what this is telling us is that what is the content of our heart will come out in our world around us, our community, our family, our neighborhood, our workplaces, Whatever is in our heart will come out, and it could be toxic. It could be, it could bring sickness. It could bring death. Or it could be good. It could be life-giving. It could be pure, dependent on the condition of your heart. That's why the Lord says it's important to protect it. If you've got good things going on, if you've got God in your heart, if you have the Holy Spirit in your heart, you got to protect it. Why? Because toxic elements will just find its way in if we don't. So protecting a life-giving source is absolutely necessary. Water sources that we depend on for our drinking water must be protected. Have you ever been to a, the source of some type of drinking water for like the state of California or a city or something? It's protected, isn't it? It's guarded. It's not like people can just do whatever they want with that water. Why? Because we depend on it to be pure and healthy, not to, to be contaminated. And so if, but on the other hand, have you ever been to a place where there has, the, the water has been uh, tampered with or contaminated? Something was happening upstream and the people were kind of drinking from it downstream and they were getting sick from it. Have you ever heard of that or seen some stories? I had a, an experience with this when I was in Mexico. I, I went on a mission trip to Mexico. And what's the one thing they teach you about the water in Mexico? Don't drink the water, right? Well, I think I probably had heard that somehow, and so we had brought in our own water, but uh, what had happened was the, the day was getting going, and I was kind of doing some other things. I was busy with a, a project in the morning, and I didn't have time to brush my teeth, and all of the, the food and the water had been you know, packed up and put away, and I needed to brush my teeth, you know? And so I just said, ah, there's a faucet over there. I'm just going to brush my teeth with this water. 
Well, let me tell you something. I have never been so sick in my life from just brushing my teeth with uh, contaminated water. And I didn't even know. I mean, it tasted fine. It was fine. Everything worked fine. I brushed my teeth just fine. I couldn't see what was in it. But apparently there was enough toxins in it that it made me just absolutely sick. I mean, I'll spare you the details from it, but let's just say that, you know, uh, it, uh, people did, I had to kind of have my own tent. People didn't want me around. I didn't want to be around myself. I was just in a, in, in a miserable place. I learned something about uh, impure water, toxic water, and the damage that it can do. And it just brushed my teeth. You know, and another experience I had when I uh, lived in Hawaii, I actually worked for an environmental organization. And one of the things that I was really troubled about in Hawaii was the streams. You couldn't get in the streams in Hawaii. I'm thinking, there's this tropical paradise, and you can't go swimming in the streams. And, and what I found out was that uh, there was the, you know something in the water that you could get. It's called like lepto or leptosclerosis, something like that. I don't know if I said it correctly. And which it was a water that was contaminated because of uh, certain things like rodents and pigs and things like that. They were uh, they, they were not native species. They had been brought over over, and they had um, kind of I think that they're either they're you know going to the bathroom or excrement or whatever had gotten into the water and it basically poisoned the water. And I thought to myself, you know, that's pretty amazing when you think about what can happen upstream. Can cause people to get sick, cause people to get unhealthy when the water source, the upstream, is not protected. Things can get in the water. And the truth is, is that our hearts serve as waterways into the community. Did you know that? Our hearts serves as, serves as, as wells in the culture and the world around us. And so we have to uh, determine, will we be a well that people can get water that is trustworthy, drinkable, that is pure, or will, be, will it be a water that will make others sick around us? Now, we've gotten into a habit in our culture that we tend to be focused more on pointing our fingers at toxic wells in our culture and community. We're focused more on saying, there's poison there, there's toxic there, and everybody's just kind of doing it to each other. Rather being focused on building wells that have water to drink. And I guess what I'm trying to say is having hearts that provide something that's pure and good and nutritious for the community around us. Basically saying, you know, I'm not sure about those wells out there. I'm not sure about those waterways over there. But this well here, you can trust. This, this waterway right here, you can trust. And I believe that we need to be focused more on that rather than pointing at all the problems and the toxic things that are going around in the world around us. So if our hearts are a source of drinking water, if our hearts are a place that people say that you can trust it, then what do we need to do? We need to protect it. They need to be guarded. Our hearts need to be guarded. In the same way that if we were in a dry and thirsty land, and if we had a well, the highest priority is to guard that well. Make sure that it's, it's, it's protected so people could have good water to drink. And I believe this. We are in a dry and thirsty land right now. I believe that we are spiritually. I think people are parched, man. And so our culture needs access to living water. Jesus said this, I am living water. When anyone comes to me and drinks, he will, he will uh, not thirst anymore. You see, 
while our hearts can be contaminated with toxins from our environment, so can our hearts offer living water, who is Jesus. But it's our choice. What will we allow in our hearts? Will we allow the toxins of the environment around us? Or will we have Jesus in our hearts so that people can have something to drink, so they can have living water to drink from? You see, it can be the source of all kinds of life. Like I, like I talked about, that when somebody takes a drink from the living water who is in you, who is Jesus, they experience love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. They experience that which they can't experience in other places. In fact, they, they experience the opposite. They, they experience uh, toxicity, which is like uh, negativity and gossip and, and rudeness and anger and malice and all those things. That's what people are used to getting from the culture around us. But you want, you want to say, you know what? You can find something very different when you find Jesus, when you find uh, living water from Jesus that should flow from our hearts, these waterways, these wells. You know, if you look on the news, there's lots of toxic wells out there. And, you know, I'm just as guilty as everybody who has actually spent probably too much time pointing at toxic things in the culture rather than making sure that, that the treasure who is Christ is what people can find, that people need to, that people can find that living water who is Christ in you. So I want to be a source. I want to be a well for others to be able to find life, to find uh, this well that can spring up, uh, a spring of life who is Christ. Don't you? Yeah, we all do. But each one of us have that option to choose what is flowing from our, from our heart, whether it's life-giving or death-bringing. Is it toxic or is it healthy? And so we have to be protective and to see God's protection over our heart. And so it's important for each one of us to do the work of expelling, getting rid of what is toxic, and then to receive what is righteous and pure. And a guarded heart will lead us to having a righteous one. And then number two, a guarded heart is a peaceful one. So not only is a guarded heart a righteous one, but it's also a peaceful one. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let me say that again. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You see, an unguarded heart is filled with anxiousness. Isn't that true? An unguarded heart is filled with trouble. It's, 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 have you ever heard the term, angry water? <laughs> The same is true of our heart. It can get, it can get, uh, it can start to, to have these jetties, these waves, and become angry. And it can be filled with, with fierce waves and rapids. You know, it's hard to take a drink of water with something that's rushing. You know, it's hard to take a drink of water for you know, like something that's just kind of spouting. It's, it's hard to take a drink of water from something that's boiling. And our hearts can be in that condition. Our hearts can be filled with and anxiety and stress and fear and it can be just sort of like you can't really take a drink of it because the jetties and the waves or it's because it's boiling it's just like oh it's not that there's like these toxins it's just the emotion of it is just it's so difficult to even access john 14 27 says this peace i leave with you my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give to you let not your hearts be troubled Neither let them be afraid. You ever heard that song that says, like a bridge over troubled water? The same is true when it comes to our hearts, that our hearts can be troubled. 
the world kind of causes the, our, our boats to be shaken a little bit. But the Lord says, oh, peace I give to you. Not like what the world gives you. I leave peace for you. I was thinking about this illustration that someone shared with me some years ago about uh, how a lake can function at the bottom of the base of a mountain. But let's say if the, the, the uh, lake got a lot of action, had a lot of activity, you know, there's people jet skiing and boating and playing, what would happen to the water? Would be all these jetties, right, and waves and all this kind of stuff would happen. But if you removed all that activity, if you removed, you know, all the playing, jet skiing, you know, boating, and you said, okay, everybody off the water, and you just kind of let all the waves and the jetties subside, eventually, after some time, it would become clear, and it would come to a place where it would actually reflect the image of the mountain that it was at the base of. And I believe that the same is true of our heart. Because of so much anxiety and so much activity that's going on in our life, there's so much going on that it's just, it's like a storm going on on the inside of our heart. That when we kind of remove all that excess, we finally come to a place of peace in our hearts. And our hearts are similar to that lake where we begin to reflect the Father. And really that's the desire that the Lord has for us. Lord, there's peace again. If you ever see a, a, a lake that has lots of activity and for animals to be able to come and get a drink from that water, probably not. But if you have a, a lake that's completely clear, no activity, you can see all kinds of animals coming to find a drink. And I believe that's what the Lord wants us to be after, the peace of Christ in our hearts rather than the activity of the world in our hearts. A guarded heart is a peaceful heart rather than a heart like troubled waters. And so we need to learn how to minimize the activity of our heart. We need to learn how to minimize it. There's probably way too much going on. Even myself, I found myself, you know, just recently wrapped up in thinking about something that caused a lot of just heart murmuring. I was like, you know, this is not even my business. I don't need to have my my heart connected to this. And it caused all this tension in my heart. It's like, you know, I just need to, to realize that this, this is not for me to allow this activity to be going on in there. I need to have a piece of Christ inside of me. Is not, this is not healthy. <laughs> so when you do that, how do we how do we do that? We minimize the activity of our hearts so that we can find peace in our heart. A guarded heart is a peaceful heart. And then number three, a guarded heart is a discerning one. Psalms 4, 23 through 27 says this, watch over your heart. See, God promises that he'll guard, and then we have a role to play is to, to watch over our heart. He says, watch over it with all diligence. It means pay attention, focus, put your attention to this. For from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you deceitful things and put away devious lips far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead toward the path of moral courage. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you toward the path of integrity. Consider well and watch carefully the path of your feet and all your ways will be steadfast and sure. Do not turn away to the right or to the left where evil may look, but turn your foot from the path of evil. You know, there's these words in here that I think it's important for us to capture when it comes to us having discernment in our heart. It says to watch over. It says to consider well. It says to look, to focus, to have your attention on. What are these words basically saying? It's that discernment. That if you're going to have protection over your heart, you need to have discernment over it. To guard it, you need to be able to watch the comings and the goings of your heart. You see, 
It's not to say that you should have a closed heart. Don't think that a guarded heart is a closed heart, okay? Because if you had a closed heart, then, then how could you love? How, how could you trust anybody? How could you have a meaningful relationship if your heart was closed off? So that's not what the Lord is saying, but instead he's saying to, to have a guarded heart, to have a watchful heart, to, to, to watch and, and discern what's coming out of your heart and what's coming into your heart. It is, it is checking the, the, the contents of what's going on in your heart. You know, it's like, I, and I know that for some of us, you know, we've experienced something in this world. Like we talked about this broken heart. Usually it's some type of external thing, some type of relationship that's gone bad and our heart is damaged. And these things have happened. But check this out. Even though bad things have happened to us, hurtful things have happened to us, damage has happened, the work of God in our hearts can can take something that is meant for evil and turn it for good. Somebody could mean something for evil, but God can turn it for good. Even Joseph, this is quoted from Joseph, Genesis 50, 20. He says this, You meant evil against me, but God used it for good. You know what that means? That's some serious hard work. Or something that was meant for damage, or some brokenness, or some hurt, but God did the healing work and actually used it for his good purposes. You see, the work of God in our life is keeping what is good, taking what it's experienced, keeping the nutrients, keeping what is good, and getting rid of or exposing what is evil and toxic. It's just almost like the same with food. You eat some food, and then the, the, your body says, okay, this is good nutrients, I'm going to keep this, and I'm going to get rid of what I don't need to access. God wants to do the same thing in your heart when you experience different things. Hold on to the value. Hold on to the lessons. Hold on to what is good. And then get rid of what doesn't belong, what's hurtful. So holding on to the nutrients and getting rid of, and getting rid of the waste. So if something was meant for evil and it had the potential for, for damage and hurt and brokenness, God can still use that for good. And so we want to see our hearts a lot like a border. You know, like when you have like a borderline, you know, between one country and the next. You see, when you have closed borders, what you're saying is that you have zero trust for any foreigners, any foreigners, zero trust. But we don't want to, we don't have closed borders, but we don't want to have the opposite, which is these open borders where like there's no checkpoint. Anything can come and go. So we don't want to have our hearts to a place where they're completely closed off, but then we don't want to have our hearts that are completely open where we take just about anything to come and go from our hearts. You see, our hearts can become uh, calloused that way. They can become very tough that way. So we don't want to have them either uh, free-flowing or, 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 or closed, but instead we want to have a checkpoint where there is just evaluation based on good discernment. And I, and I believe that that really would be good border patrol when they're actually trained to look for certain things to keep them from coming and keep other things from going. And kind of watching for uh, the, the purpose of protection, looking for certain things that we need to, to keep at bay. So that's kind of the, the, the purpose of Border Patrol. The same is true of God in our hearts and this discernment that we need to have, being very watchful of what is coming and going in our hearts. You know, Jesus actually modeled somebody that had modeled being, having a vulnerable heart, didn't he? He had a heart that was fully engaged while he was here. It says uh, that Jesus wept. He said he was, he was hurting for a friend who had, who had passed away, and one of his friends betrayed him. His heart was broken, that happened. All of his friends deserted him. What happened is 
his heart was hurt from it. That means that, uh, that he was engaged. And I think that, that means that we're fully alive when our hearts experience hurt and pain and rejection and sadness. That's a heart that is engaged. And so there needs to be an element of vulnerability in our hearts. Uh, but when we have a guarded heart, it avoids lasting illness. It avoids callousness. It avoids a destroyed and trampled heart. So we can have a heart that's fully engaged, a heart that's taken risks, a heart that's uh, completely uh, investing in people and building relationships and trusting people, but we can also have a guarded heart that's keeping us from becoming very sick and damaged and, and kind of like uh, kind of ruined. Matthew 7, 6, it tells us to be wary, wary of dogs and pigs. It says this, do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before swine. If you do, they may trample them under your feet and then turn or, and then turn and tear you to pieces. You know what that means is that uh, we have the ability to kind of throw our hearts out to uh, certain uh, people or systems that can actually do some damage to our heart. And so for us to be good guards over our hearts, to say, you know what, i got to be able to uh, recognize the, the, the dogs and the pigs that are out there. Because guess what? There are these things out there that will seek to kind of trouble and destroy and take advantage. And there are. There's swine out there. There's dogs out there. And you know what? Our hearts are the most precious thing that we possess. Our, your heart is the most valuable thing that you own. Your heart is, is the most powerful thing that you have. And so because it's so important, because it's so uh, precious and valuable and powerful, it's important that we care for it, that we protect it, that we have a guard over it, that we are able to discern uh, those that are trying to trample and destroy and get us to kind of buy into something that would cause more destruction in our life. You have a prized possession. And if you have a prized possession, you wouldn't leave that thing out so that thieves could just take it or break it or destroy it. No, you wouldn't. You'd protect it. You'd guard it. You'd have a guard over it. But what you would do is you would show it to your closest friends, wouldn't you? You would show it. You would entrust it people that you can trust. And that's the same is true of our heart. What is most precious to us, we want to be able to share it with people that we love and have a relationship with and, and trust. And of course, you know, people, because we struggle and we have, we're not perfect, we, we accidentally we do damage to each other, but that's where the, the, the forgiveness and the healing part and all those things continually need to happen. That, that hard work needs to happen so we can have these healthy, godly relationships. And so we got to ask that question. Uh, as people who are, are stewards of our heart, how do we monitor what is coming in and going from our heart? So I want to encourage you with this message to, to be protective, to, to seek God's protection over your heart. Because you know what? Your heart is too important to remain unguarded. So God promises to provide and to support and to help guard your heart. So we need to all do that together. Let me pray for you today. God, I thank you for each person who is here with the precious thing called our heart, this powerful thing called our heart, called our heart, that from it comes the wellsprings of life. So God, I just pray that you would help each one of us to allow our heart to become something that is good for the community around us, that's that's drinkable for to the world around us, that, that really is that living water because of our relationship with you, Lord. So we ask God, help us to expose what's toxic. 
help us to, to get rid of uh, what's, uh, that's, that's uh, not necessary, that, that can cause illness to people around us, and then instead bring uh, the pureness of, of who you are to come through it, that people would experience love, joy, kindness, and peace, and gentleness, they experience those things. God, help us to be able to have good discernment, to be able to recognize uh, the, the, the dogs, the pigs out there that, that will try to trample our heart. Help us to be good, good uh, in discernment, guarding our hearts, not sealing it up, not causing it to, uh, to, to be completely locked up, and, and not that it would be completely open for anybody to come and go, but that it would be a, a guarded heart because it's of great value. Help us all to do that uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, everyone. Just have a great week, and we'll see you soon.